0: Hello and welcome to the Yay Yoga podcast. I'm Renee Liu, you may know me as a yoga teacher, and today I'm the host of this podcast where I talk to the most inspiring teachers from around the world about their yoga journey. My guest today is Olivia Elnet. She is co-director of Stretch Therapy together with her partner Kit Lachlan. They both have many years of experience in researching, developing and training people different stretching techniques. And the main focus of their work is to help people feel comfortable in their body again. In our conversation, Olivia shares many words of wisdom and advice for teachers who want to teach in an intelligent way. We discuss a range of stretching techniques, we talk about the importance of breath, language, touch, and about offering variations for each student in the room, you can find show notes on my website yayoga.nl. Enjoy this conversation. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on the Yayoga podcast. Um, how are you feeling today?
1: Good. A bit cold, but apart from that, totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. You're like you said just now. You're in the winter time and. Uh, there in Australia, and here we're uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. Just uh, summer has just arrived, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's nice and warm here today in Amsterdam. Um, oh. Yeah, I originally reached out to you and your partner Kit, um, mm-hmm. because I've watched so many of the Stretch Therapy YouTube videos, and I've probably listened to all the podcast interviews that you or Kit have done over the years, and um, okay. I always loved hearing both you talking about stretching methods and working with the body in a mindful way. Um, Before we go into all that, can you perhaps quickly introduce yourself and tell us a bit about the work that you do?
1: Okay, well, a little bit short bio for me. I'm Australian. I grew up in Canberra, which is the national capital. Um, I was involved in lots and lots of activities, including a bunch of sports, And the main one would be gymnastics from a very young age. And I did that for many years. And I also coached for many years. And I absolutely loved it. So I had a background in in strength and flexibility work via that sport. Um, I then finished school and went travelling for a year. And then I came back to Canberra and started university at the Australian National University. And that's where I met Kit. Um, He was a tutor and lecturer in one of the departments I was studying in and it just came up in discussion one day that I was working as a gymnastics coach and he told me about the classes that he ran at the sports centre at the university there and I went along and got involved. I think that was 1993, so a long time ago now and it all started from there. So I was a student for a couple of years and then I trained as a teacher and then gradually became more and more and more involved in that world. I was also working for the government in Canberra and then I just gradually moved away from that kind of work and moved to doing stretch therapy full-time. So I've been involved in, in all aspects of it over the last 30 years. And so I teach and I um, train trainers. And um, the last uh, in 2013, we closed that facility in Canberra and that's when we moved to the south coast of New South Wales, south of Sydney, which is where we live now. And we build our big house with our teaching centre on the bottom floor. It's also our production studio where we make all of our online videos. So most of those ones you've seen on YouTube, a lot of them would have been filmed downstairs from where I'm sitting right now. And we've also been touring the world up until last year, um, presenting workshops in a number of places across the globe. But now, like everyone else, we can't travel. And so we've been focusing more and more on our online offerings
0: yeah yeah thank you and um just for people that have never heard of stretch therapy before because this is a yoga podcast and um a lot of people listening are yoga teachers and um, yep. maybe some have done some research on stretching methods but um yeah what i what i noticed is that a lot of yoga teachers will look for flexibility methods within the yoga tradition and not not so much out there. Of course, there are people that broaden their horizon by looking uh, at other disciplines too. Well, perhaps it's um, it's good to kind of explain what the principles of stretch therapy
1: are. Mm-hmm. Well, I might just give a quick background to Kit, who, Kit Lachlan. He's the founder of the Stretch Therapy System. Um, his background is... Wide and varied. He was a a national TV director. He left that job and he went to Japan for four or five years and was a live in studio in a dojo there. And he also trained in Shiatsu. So he's a Shiatsu practitioner. He trained in Japan, then he came back to Australia and he started a master's degree at the same university that I studied at. And he was running a clinic as well. And then he went on to do. Most of a PhD project, and the main case study was back pain. He himself was a lifelong sufferer of back pain, and he'd looked for lots of different ways to help with that. He trained in some yoga systems as well. And then, when he was um, doing his PhD, and before that, he started some classes at the Sports Centre. I think they started in 1987. And he was teaching flexibility work, some of the yoga he'd learned, some other techniques that he'd devised himself. And that's where it started. So the, 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 the student body of that place would have been um, a mixture of students of all ages studying themselves at the ANU, plus all of the staff that were there. They formed part of our student body as well. Um, so we're talking adult bodies we didn't really ever work with people under 17, 18. Um, and that's where it started. Kit taught classes, then he taught a few teachers there, and it grew from there. And when we closed that facility in 2013, there was we were running about 35 classes a week, not just in the stretching side of things, but we also have a, another aspect of the stretch therapy method, which is to do with strength and agility. That's what we call the monkey gym. And so we had two spaces. We taught flexibility on one side and we taught strength work on the other side. Um, We always recommended that people start with the stretching courses that we ran because we noticed that a lot of people had very poor flexibility. And even more than that, they had very poor body awareness. So one of the key aspects of stretch therapy is just reconnecting with your body Lots of people who've had pain problems, they're highly motivated to to be disconnected from a feeling sense from those parts of their body. So we have a huge range of techniques that we can use with people that are in acute pain, back pain, neck pain, all those sorts of things, um, through to the average just inflexible, immobile, not very in touch with their body person, right through to the people that are doing activities or sports that require particular much more advanced levels of flexibility. So we've always attracted a lot of martial artists, gymnasts, dancers, those sorts of people. And we've also attracted a lot of yoga teachers and students. And just going back to your comment about um, them, a lot of yoga teachers want to learn the flexibility aspects within yoga traditions, which we understand. We actually have a lot of yoga teachers who come and do our teacher training program and the reason they've given me, and I'm always the one that has the first contact because I do all the administration, the reason they give is that they want to learn how to stretch, which I always found a very curious comment because I thought, you know, the asanas and the flexibility aspects of yoga, whilst not being all of yoga, they are a, a part of yoga. And I would say since yogas come heavily into the West, that's really what, what has been the focus of a lot of yoga systems in the West, Um, these are just blanket statements it doesn't cover everyone of course so we in stretch therapy uh, want to show people any technique that we know of that will help that person reconnect with their body and find out where the tight bits are and help them remove those restrictions find out where the where there's a lack of strength in that person's body so I'll come full circle. We recommended people did the stretching work in our gym at the ANU before they did any um, strength work because we found that if they did the stretching courses, they developed that body awareness, connection to parts of their body. And then when they learned, when they went to the next room and tried to learn to become strong, it was a much simpler exercise and it was a much quicker progress because they already had connection to their body. They'd felt it again and they'd worked out how to work with their body. Um so that that's its range of different responses. Yeah, one of the yeah. one of the taglines we used to have on our old website and we still use it is Grace and Ease in the Body and Mind. Um, it sounds not very sexy, but the vast majority of adults walking around on the planet, particularly in Western countries they don't experience grace and ease in their body and their mind on a daily basis, anything but that. They they experience the opposite. They're anxious. They can't relax. They're in pain in parts of their body. They've lost function in parts of their body. Um, They can't do the basic day-to-day activities that they want their body to do. So very simply, stretch therapy is a whole range of techniques that we've used on literally tens of thousands of adult bodies over a very long period of time now 35 plus years to help people feel more comfortable in their body
0: yeah you're you're saying so many things i want to kind of come back to uh, Mm um a lot of things that you just said um one of them being that you only work with adults Mm -hmm. um and maybe it's interesting to kind of tell how the uh, adult body needs a different approach to stretching compared to kids?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, um, children are more flexible than adults, generally speaking. I would say, and we've noticed this in the last 10 years, particularly, um, we are noticing younger and younger people demonstrating less and less range of movement range of motion in their body. So basically people are becoming less flexible at a younger age. Um, so it, it's really only historical that we've worked with adults, it's because of where Kit started the classes as was well at a university, um, and that was the the population there that we were working with. Um, Now my background in gymnastics, of course that was as a child and I coached in gymnastics from age 13 Um, and definitely the techniques that we used with those younger bodies was completely different to what we'd use now with adult bodies, mainly because they're more flexible to start with. Um, I also would say that the stretching flexibility techniques that I was exposed to in my gymnastics career weren't particularly refined. <laughs> um, was, there was nothing particularly subtle about it. But that's looking back um, as as an adult person now who's had a lot of experience post that time. What I mean is when I was a gymnast we just did the flexibility work that we were shown. There was no subtlety, no refinement of any of the positions. It was just we would sit in positions and hold them for a long period of time and or a coach would come and, you know, press down here and there, that kind of thing. Um, most of us were already flexible when we started and we just became more flexible as we kept going. So, yeah, it, 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 it is very different working with children to working with adults. Their bodies are different from the beginning um, I would also say that the, the way you speak to children, the way you present the material, all that kind of stuff, it's just a different arena completely.
0: Yeah. What about the body awareness aspect? Would you say that um, kids naturally are more in their bodies compared to adults?
1: Um, I would say they're less in their mind. They just move. Yeah. If you ever watch a young, ch- young children in particular, have you noticed that they don't walk? They always run. They yeah. so were skipping along or running. They're moving quickly. And they're not worried about what anyone else around them is thinking about how they're moving or how they look. They're moving. And often they're, you know, skipping along, singing a song or, you know, acting out some little play that's going on in their mind. Um, but it's playful. It's not, um, it's, there's no restriction from the mind to the way the body is moving. Very different to adults.
0: Yeah. And then... Um, you mentioned that there are actually quite some yoga teachers that reached out to uh, you um, to learn how to stretch. Um, yeah. what, what do you think uh, is lacking in the yoga asanas um, when it comes to reaching a certain level of flexibility?
1: Um, well, I should say I have no formal training in yoga. I've done a few classes here and there, but I have very little experience in, in yoga classes myself. What I would say is that the, the, those yoga teachers that come and say they want to learn to be a stretch therapy teacher because they want to learn how to stretch, what they then go on to say is that they don't feel like they've been shown how to modify and adjust the yoga asanas for their students so they know the ins and outs of the positioning, but they don't really know how to modify based on the individual student they have in front of them. They often also aren't taught. They tell me how to <clears throat> excuse me uh, adjust a student or use a tactile cue to help them have a diff- help their student have a different feeling in a position or a, an awareness of a new feeling in a position. Um, all of which is is. Absolutely fundamental the stretch therapy approach. Uh, We have, for any given position or posture, or whatever word you want to use to describe it, we have multiple, multiple modifications, variations, different exercises, etc., also that every single student that you have in your class is able to find something that works in their body. And that's quite a challenge. If you've got a group of 20 people in a room males and females, and across a large age spectrum, you need all of those techniques and modifications in your mind, you as the teacher, I mean, so that you can assist every student in the room. And that is what the yoga teachers have told me, that they didn't feel like they would learned in their own yoga trainings. Yeah, it's
0: definitely interesting because um, I... I experienced myself that from nature I'm quite flexible. I have a background in dance. So, um, yeah, as a kid I used to stretch. <laughs> and um, so it's kind of in my body and it's always been there. But then still, uh, once I started to uh, explore more stretching methods, and it's only recently that I really dived into the flexibility training that is more uh, modern and not yoga related, for instance, the stretch therapy methods and also um, some of the work that, um, um, wow, his name just, <laughs> this is embarrassing, I totally just blanked on his name, um, I'll come back to it soon, not Thomas Kurt, um well, also some some of his methods. Um, mm-hmm. um, Emmett Lewis, sorry.
1: Oh, Emmett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Emmett's
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, very good friend. Yeah, so I've uh, explored some of his ballistic stretching methods and things like that. And still yep. i found that by using the, all those different methods, I could go even into a deeper range way mm. more than with a passive stretch. Um, yep. And I felt way more... Um, Healthy in my joints, too um, mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah. the thing with with yoga. It's a lot of passive work
1: mm-hmm.
0: whereas developing strength in those end ranges is a total different thing, and for me personally feels more healthy and uh, yeah also more interesting to work towards building strength in those end ranges,
1: yes. Well, I'd, I'd make a comment in response to that. Mm. Um, in, in the stretch therapy system, we use um, the contract relax technique, which by its very nature does help you develop strength as you develop more range of movement, and it's a strength at that end range of movement. Um, we use passive stretches. We use active stretches. We use a huge number of techniques because what we've noticed is um, two things. Well, no, one main thing in an individual person just one person i'll take me as an example not one single approach or technique will work in my body across all of my body there's no person on the planet that we've come across as an adult anyway that you give them passive stretches only and that works across their body it just doesn't work like that we always start with slow gentle fully supported positions Um, just because that's a very gentle way to get into things um, and help you relax more because the relaxation aspect is key. Um, But you may well find that a passive, more relaxed approach to a certain movement really doesn't do anything for that individual. So we offer a different technique. And it goes back to my point before about modifications and different techniques to find the ones that work for that individual depending on the part of the body they're working on. A really short way of saying this, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach for any single individual, let alone a group of individuals that you're teaching in a class.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's right. And, and it's the thing, like, everyone always wants to know like, what should I do to achieve this or that. But, yeah, that's the thing, right? There's so many different people, so many different bodies. Um, yeah. Yeah, everyone needs his own little tweak to, uh, to achieve whatever he or she wants to achieve.
1: Well, what, one more comment I'll make about the, the very small, I've probably been to about 30 yoga classes in my life. And in none of those classes, and this over 20, 25 years, so they're not all in the last six months or anything, um, in not one of those classes did the teacher move off their mat, walk around, provide any modifications, provide any verbal um, different cues for different people. It was It was really a, a, this is how I learned the techniques, this is how I'm teaching them. And, you know, maybe, maybe every single person in the room benefited from that one style of teaching. But in my experience of teaching flexibility for a very long time now, I never teach like that. There's always individual instructions given around the room. There's always individual hands-on correction given in the room. And that's one of the great... Um, focuses on being a teacher of the stretch therapy system is learning how to instruct everyone in the room. So they all get what they need.
0: Yeah. I think that's so important. Like always looking who is in front of you and adjusting uh, to his or her needs. And also I wonder how you, how you interact with your students because what I came across is that sometimes you're in a class and someone will tell you like, "Oh, it looks like like you can go a little deeper," without asking mm-hmm. how it feels, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, and then maybe this is also um, a good way into partner stretching because I know that that is something um, uh, you teach a lot. Um, yes. And, and and when I think of partner stretching, um, I, w- I also think about um, the kind of assist that, that yoga teachers offer in a class. And there's been a lot of injuries. Sometimes an assist can definitely help you to go deeper into a certain posture. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to pushing people into poses, which is kind of like what you said in your... Uh, early gymnastics uh, trainings uh, where you're kind of pushed into a posture um, mm. for kids that the risk might be not that high but for uh, older people it can be quite dangerous to to do that so yeah I really wonder mm. how, how you um, how you teach that and how you train that
1: well I'll talk first about teaching generally yeah. so when and I'll speak from first person, I'll teach, but speak from my experience. If I'm teaching a class, I am demonstrating, I'm giving lots of verbal instructions, um, but in every single exercise, at some point I will get up and walk around, look at all the students from all angles. Um, if I see that you know half the people in the room have missed a cue that I've given, I'll give it again or I'll give it again with different words because it might just be different words need to be used to get that cue across to the more students. I would give individual instruction verbally to a student. So it might be you in the class, and I'd say, Renee, how about you try X? And that has the benefit of you hearing that instruction, but also everyone else hears that instruction. So they're taking it in as well and maybe making the same little adjustment in their own body. Um, by saying your name, it me- means that I know your name, that I'm aware of you in the room, I've watched you. So many things that are happening on a psychological as well as a physical and instructional level going on in that environment. Um, If I see that someone has not um, watched closely the demonstration I gave or the verbal cues I've given haven't made sense, then I would go over and give that person a tactile correction. So that doesn't mean moving them or pushing them. It means perhaps placing a hand on the body and then saying, try gently moving this yourself. Key aspect here is that the student is always in control of the movement. That's key. When we then get to partner exercises, and they are a key component of the stretch therapy method, the teacher needs to give as much instruction to the partner as they do to the person doing the stretch so that everybody knows what their role is, what their position is, how they should move, how slowly they should move, um, that the person in the stretch is always in control of the movement and that you insist on clear communication between the partnering so that the partner is never just doing something to the person in the stretch. It's never like that. So what I mean is you're setting an atmosphere that people are communicating. It's always the case that the person in the stretch is in control. And if you instruct that way and if you generate that atmosphere, the likelihood of of anyone getting hurt is very, very low. And I've never had someone be hurt in one of my classes in in a partner exercise. It just doesn't happen. And when we do have a lot of yoga people come to our classes they're quite worried about it. They get quite nervous about the idea of partner work, but when they experience how we teach it and how we practice it, they have a very different experience, and then all those anxieties they had about it are, are left behind.
0: Yeah, and I think one point that you made is very important to underscore uh, when it comes to giving them uh, an assist, like... Leaving that person in his own uh, control, not pushing, but just like placing a a hand on a leg or whatever to just bring the awareness to the place where the awareness has to go. Yeah, that's so important.
1: Absolutely, it's fundamental. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's an I'll, I'll try... Well, when people ask us what are the benefits of partner stretching, there's a number of things you can say. For example, you know, the partner can be a, a stronger resistance to any contraction you're doing. And for some people that really do benefit in terms of gains in flexibility from doing stronger and or longer contractions, having a partner there to be the resistance is very useful. That's one thing. Um, In a very small number of exercises, it really does help to have the partner there to allow you to stay in the position a little bit longer. So a few more strenuous ones, you might just want a little bit of assistance for that respect. But there are so many aspects to partner work that we really don't even have the language to explain or describe. There's something about the human-to-human touch And one of the things we say, particularly to our training teachers, is there's lots and lots of people in this world who don't experience touch unless it's in a sexual setting or a violent setting. Um, So Mm -hmm. part of the teaching of partner exercise is how to touch another adult human being's body. Some people just need to be shown that, experience that. They haven't experienced it. Um, so, so it's relearning something that, you know, maybe they, or maybe just learning something for the first time. I'll tell you yeah, f- something sure. s- something slightly interesting we've noticed over the years. Um, another group of professionals that we have a lot of them come to our trainings, either just as individuals to to learn their own stretching techniques, or as in for their own bodies, or they're um, working as a practitioner themselves are massage therapists and we are often astounded by the poor touching capacity of a massage therapist Mm -hmm. we we would have thought that that's taught you know that's, that's highlighted in the training of massage therapists not just massage techniques and you know bits of the body that might need massage but how to touch a human body we find that a lot of massage therapists are really rough in the way they handle another body to find extraordinary. Anyway, not all massage therapists. We just noticed that in a group that you'd think they would have learned how to handle a body very carefully. Um, they often don't. Very interesting.
0: That's very interesting. Yes, indeed. Mm. And it is so important. Um, yeah, the way you approach someone. Like if the if your uh, partner or teacher or whoever is going to touch you, if he or she does not feel confident. Uh, touching mm. another person, the person yes. that is being touched will definitely sense that and feel unsafe. Yep.
1: Nice. Or at, at the very least, not be able to relax with that assistance because mm. they yeah. can feel the sensitiveness. Yeah. So that goes back to my earlier point about as stretch therapy teachers, when we teach a partner exercise, we spend as much time teaching the partner's job or role or what it, the partner will be doing as we do the person that will be in the stretch.
0: Yeah. And setting a safe environment, what you mentioned earlier, uh, yeah. where it's just constant communication. And I think that's a very important. Uh, aspect yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to go back a little bit to uh, the body awareness aspect of um, stretch therapy, how, mm-hmm. How do you teach people to come back to their bodies? Are there certain um aspects um or certain cues that you would say and when, when it comes to the breath, um mm-hmm. when doing flexibility work, I always focus a lot on the breathing to either calm down the nervous system or yeah, basically calm down the nervous system and find a bit of uh focus to um how
1: how do you go about that um well we have a a number of things that we focus on when we're teaching the very first thing we say to our students is when you're doing the practice have as much of your awareness in your body as you can And what I mean by that is If they're listening to your instructions or they're watching your demonstration, then necessarily some of their attention is outside of themselves, listening and watching the instruction that's being given. But when they're doing the practice themselves, we say always, move slowly with full awareness in your body. Asking yourself, how does this feel? Where do I feel it? Can I relax more? So the the instruction is to have your awareness in your body, asking yourself how it feels, because here's the thing. The best teacher in the world cannot feel what any single student of theirs is feeling. They can't feel it. They can surmise from the facial expressions or the, the desperate need to get out of the posture or whatever it is that the person might be feeling uncomfortable but they cannot feel for their students. None of us can do that as as teachers. Only us as an individual can feel what it feels like in our body. So there's repeated instruction to move slowly with full awareness in your body. Repeated instruction because the awareness might be there, the feeling might be there, and then it might go. Tension goes outside somewhere else. In terms of breathing specifically again, repeated instruction to bring your attention to your breathing. Are you breathing? Are you breathing deeply? And most particularly, as you're breathing out, are you able to relax more? As you're breathing out, are you able to relax more? So we're tying the breathing in with the relaxing aspect of the flexibility work, because the relaxing part is, is key to becoming more flexible as well
0: yeah for sure absolutely um and that's also what i really love is the contract relax method um yep and and the the breath plays such an important role in that
1: it does it does so um In in terms of the the actual contract-relax technique, we don't give any instructions about how to breathe whilst the person's contracting. It's typical that a person will hold their breath as they're contracting, at least partially. That's not a problem. If you're only doing, you know, a five- or six-count contraction, that's not a problem. The key aspect of breathing in the contract-relax technique is at the end of the contraction to take a breath in and as you breathe out, relax the tension that was generated in the body by doing the contraction. And then another deep breath in and on the next breath out is when you try and move deeper or further into the stretch. So the key aspects are the relaxing after the contraction, And then the only moving further into the stretch as you breathe out. Those are the key aspects of breathing in the contract relax sequence.
0: Yeah. Without the breath, you wouldn't be able to achieve that deepening. Or would you? Without the out breath. I've never tried it. I'm just thinking about it now. Like, I don't think it's possible.
1: Uh, I think you could probably move a little bit further, but are you really relaxing? We're trying to marry the, the breathing out is when you want to be moving further into a stretch. Because every time you breathe in, there's a little bit of tension created in the body. And every time you breathe out, some of that tension is let go. So we are instructing the students to move further into a stretch as you're breathing out when the body is letting go of tension.
0: Can
1: someone be too relaxed? Sorry, did you say, can someone be too relaxed? Yeah. Uh, Not that I've ever come across. (laughs) No. Do do you mean mean specifically when they're doing their stretching work or just generally too relaxed?
0: Just generally.
1: No, I've never met someone generally who's too relaxed.
0: (laughs) No, right?
1: (laughs) Um, I'll make a comment, though. One of the things we have found with working with so many bodies over so many years is that if the exercise or technique that you give the student is something novel, as in not done before by that body, not experienced before, or perhaps not for a very long time, it seems to have a really good effect. The body seems to respond to that new technique, that new sensation in their body. Humans, I would say, are creatures of comfort. They love comfort. So a lot of people when they find a technique that they like and it's worked and it feels good, then they keep doing that. Maybe it keeps working for them. Um, But what I always encourage my students to do is try something different and sometimes something very different. So, for example, some people love doing very relaxed, very gentle, passive stretches. So those are the people that I would encourage to do definitely contract relaxed technique, but some more intense, more vigorous, more just generally more intense stretching techniques, all within the realms of safety and, and all those other considerations. And the contrast to that is there's a lot of people particularly males, not, not exclusively, but particularly males, who always want to go for the strongest approach possible. I always encourage them to try the very gentle ones and see how their body responds.
0: Interesting, yeah. It's interesting that there's a difference between gender, like, what what we naturally aim for as women or not aim for but find comfort in and how that is different from men
1: yeah look those those are just general comments that we find um and what i would also say is and if kit were here having this conversation with you he would say this from his own body's experience he has needed to use some very strong techniques to to make the progress that he has wanted in his body. His body seems to respond to the more intense flexibility techniques that we use. My body, my body is, is different to kids. First of all, I have a very different background. I did flexibility work from a young age and have never stopped. Um, my body responds mainly these days to what I think could be described from the yoga world as more the yin yoga techniques of much longer held positions but also with the the incorporation of some fairly strong contract relax sequences so again this this coming full circle each individual needs to try different techniques and perhaps different ones for different parts of their body to find what works for them And even the idea of what works, we have to examine that. Is it to unlock a bit that just won't unlock from other techniques? Is it to master a particular end pose for whatever reason? Is it just to make that bit feel a bit more comfortable than it ever has before? Um, There's so many aspects to this.
0: Yeah, that's what makes flexibility work super interesting to me. I also wonder if you ever get a lot of um of or not a lot if you ever get flexible hypermobile um if you want to call it that hypermobile mm. students um reaching out and and how would you train them um my guess is you would focus more on strength training uh yes and then what kind of approach would you would you take for flexible people
1: uh well, going back to the label hypermobile, there's very few yeah. people that we find are actually hypermobile, but there are definitely people who are very, very flexible, and if you look on, if you think of it on a spectrum of flexibility through to strength, um, you know, very much those people would benefit from doing strength work to try and bring them back to a little bit more equilibrium between the range of movement flexibility side and the strength and the other thing that we would recommend for them is the contract relaxed technique. So they can keep doing their stretching, but at the same time develop a little bit more strength at the end ranges of movement.
0: What kind of strength training do you, do you recommend for flexible people?
1: Uh, well, all, the, all, the, um, all the strength training that we'd give any person. It's just mm. building up strength. Particularly to support the joints, um, yeah, so I mean we, we could talk about strength training in, in another at another time, um, yeah. but all the same, all the same strength tra- techniques that we would use in the monkey gym we would give to someone that demonstrates you know very very advanced flexibility, um, just to make sure that the joints are protected and they've got the strength to support themselves in those you know much more extended flexibility positions yeah yeah
0: Well, I'm having a look at a time we're we're talking for 45 minutes now I'll try to keep it under an hour okay um, and also I think you already shared so much information I don't want to overflow our listeners with too much but I do still have some questions um mm-hmm. one being Um, that I'd like to hear about your self-practice. You mentioned that your body responds very well to more uh, yin-like poses, stretching, um, stretches that you hold for a longer time. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, what does your self-practice look like these days or any daily rituals that you you have?
1: Uh, I wouldn't call them rituals, What I do when I get up in the morning is I make coffee and I walk around the house and work out if there's any niggling aches and pains in my body for whatever reason. And then I would do some squatting movements, as in just go down into a full squat, move around in that position. I focus a lot on movements of or... I'll go back a step. Most of my life these days is spent sitting, staring at a computer screen because our business has moved online. And so I find I get tight in the front of the hips and I get tight through the abdomen and the ribs. So always throughout the day, I would do some spinal extension movements combined with some hip flexor movements. And when I say movements, I mean movements. I wouldn't even describe them as stretches. I'm just moving my body around to target those lines in my body that have always been I've always had a tendency to hold a lot of tension there but now because I spend too much time at a computer it's even more so so I'm really just countering the effects of sitting too much, that's what I do every now and then like literally maybe once every week, maybe once every two weeks um, my body will say okay you really need to do something a bit more than that and I'll just get down on the floor and I would always do some hip flexor work I'd always do some spinal rotation work, um, generally some side bending work as well. And that's it. That's my stretching. There's no structure to it. There's no, there's no, um, oh, I must must be able to still do these poses that I could do three weeks ago. It's none of that. It's just making my body feel comfortable and work well in my day-to-day life. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't sound very sophisticated. It's not really that sophisticated. But I, I'll, I'll I, make one, I want to make one more comment. Another thing that we try to instill in our students is the idea of self-exploration. And by that I mean whatever exercise we're teaching... We teach what we call the template of the exercise, so the positioning of the limbs. You're going to move in this way. You're going to do this, that, and the other, and then come out of it. But when they're in the exercise, there's always a period where, as a teacher, we don't say anything. We just ask the students to add some little movements that we call pulsing or micro-movements. Micro-movements is not our term. Um, And move around a little bit in any way you can think of that feels good to try and find the bits that your body really needs to work on. And that is how I approach my own practice. Here's a recent example. Kit and I have a boat. We took it out um, into the ocean last Monday. And boats are fantastic for stretching on because there's all these rails to hang off and push and pull and you can hang off. everything. It's Awesome. So I came up with about five or six different movements for the ribs and all these stretches for my wrists and hand that sometimes flare up because I do too much keyboarding. And for the next days, my body hasn't felt that good in about two years, just from playing around on a boat with lots of different positions that I've done many times before, but exploring those positions. I can't impress upon people enough the need to do that for yourself because again a, a teacher can't come up with every single possible position or reposition or nuance or modification or whatever they can suggest as much as they know but if the student is also doing that exploring themselves the combination of those things is immensely powerful so to anyone listening to this try that yourself Whatever exercise you think you know really well, get into it, and then move around in whatever way you can think of. And actually, it's not even a thinking process. Just by doing the moving, the body feels and comes up with new things for itself. That your then might then your mind secondarily goes, "Oh yeah, that feels really good. I'll try and remember that one and do it another time." Yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I hope it does oh, because definitely. If, yeah. if you're approach it like that, it's it's so powerful. One more comment about what we say to our teachers in our system and people training to be teachers is this your job as a teacher is to render yourself unnecessary what that means is of course you teach the best possible way you can and show your students everything that you can possibly show them over a period of time and in a way that they can consume and take on but your job as a teacher is to instill in your students how do I work out how to work with my own body? That's your job as a teacher.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And also, what you said about keep on exploring mm. that's that's that just also. Um, Sparks this sense of creativity in you, um, and 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 it's so easy. It's it's, it's so simple. Not definitely mm-hmm. not not easily for everyone, but it's so simple and just like even little things like sitting in a lunch and then instead of gazing forward, gazing over one's shoulder and over the other, or gazing down, and those just those little tweaks that you make to one pose that you've always done in the same way just by changing your gaze it can give you a completely different sensation or experience
1: yes yes and something else we always encourage our students is work with different teachers because it may be that a different teacher whilst from an outsider's perspective is instructing the same exercise they may use a slightly different Word to describe something, and that may just, you know, be like a light bulb glowing for that student. So work with different teachers. That's extremely powerful.
0: Absolutely. What are teachers <laughs> who inspire you?
1: Sorry, you just cut out then.
0: Uh, um, which teacher inspires you? Uh,
1: lots of them. We, um, I'll make one more comment about the way we, we train new teachers in the system is that we train them in all the details of the exercises and the approach and all the things that we've been talking about during this talk, but we don't dictate a style. We want each individual teacher to find their own voice. That's very, very important. Otherwise, you'll come across as inauthentic to your students. Much better to, to know the material, learn how to teach it well, but teach it with your own style and your own voice. Um, And so the answer to your question about who inspires me, all of our teachers inspire me because they all take the material, they take it to their students and they feedback what they've learned and they all teach with their own voice. So when I watch them and, you know, look at their videos or work with them in workshops when we can get together, I learn something from them every time. Every single time. I learn from my students every time I teach um, because we've encouraged that communication. It's not a one-way transmission of information. It's always two-way, multiple ways when you're talking about a group of people in a room. So all of our teachers and many, many teachers from lots of other disciplines also inspire me. Yeah. Beautiful,
0: yeah. What advice do you have for... um teachers that are listening right now to this podcast.
1: Keep going. Hmm. Keep teaching what you know and what you love. Um, The world has always needed that, but it needs it even more in the current era. People need to reconnect to their body. They need to learn how to relax. The relaxation aspect, so not just relaxing in physical postures, has always been part of the stretch therapy system, but we are emphasising it more and more because people have forgotten how to relax. They've forgotten how to do it. Um, So for all the teachers out there, whatever it is you love and you know something about, teach it to someone else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have some last rapid fire questions for you. Mm -hmm. Um. What's the best advice someone recently gave to you?
1: What's the best advice?
0: Yeah. The best advice someone recently gave to you? Uh,
1: well, this might make your listeners laugh. I just talked about relaxation. Um, I've done hundreds and hundreds of stretch therapy workshops now, both as an attendee and co-presenter or just the sole presenter and the vast majority of those workshops the the lead presenter has been kit and he always does relaxation and i've enjoyed it and i do it when we're on workshops but for some reason i just wasn't attracted to it as a personal practice but in the last six months actually more like a year something changed and so after all the years of kit telling me be a really good idea if you made that a daily practice i started mm-hmm. and it's been transformational so that's the best idea someone's been giving me for a very long time but for some reason <laughs> it's not just a recent thing but for some reason i just wasn't i just didn't do it i did all the other stuff that we do in our system but just not that and having added that it's been it's been a marvelous addition to my life but this this comes down to know, student-teacher relationship, and also Kit and I have a a partnership as well, um, the student needs to be ready to hear the advice, to hear the information. Um, So if you're a teacher and you think that your information is really good, but you get a bit of um, resistance from the students, don't worry about that. It's going in there at some level, and they'll they'll hear it properly when when they're ready to.
0: Yeah, that's so Mm true. Hmm. Which book should be on everyone's bookshelf? It doesn't have to be a um, stretching or uh, sports-related book, but it can be. It can be novel right. too.
1: Um, oh, I read so many books, so many different fields. I couldn't even recommend a particular one. I would just recommend that people read. Reading is fan, fantastic for consuming information. But that's my own personal bias. I love reading versus listening or or watching a video. Um, yeah, oh, just read. Read is fantastic. Read. You, you can never, ever, ever, ever be bored in life if you like to read. There's always something good to read.
0: What are you currently reading?
1: Um... I am actually reading some comedy. Some Australian comedian, female comedians have some new books out mm. and they're also brilliant um, mm. writers. And so I'm reading some of them because I think the more comedy we can have in our lives, the better at <laughs> these days. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. But as I said, I, I read a lot of fiction, a lot of non-fiction um sometimes I might just come across a title and it, it really grabs me and I'll I'll get it out of the library and, and go from there. Yeah, so whatever nice. whatever you feel drawn to, open the book, start reading.
0: Yeah, that's nice. What hmm. are you most grateful for today?
1: Um I am grateful for the amazing good fortune I have in my life. I have a very fortunate life where I live, the people I surround myself with, um, the people that we come across or have been drawn to the stretch therapy community are without exception just wonderful, wonderful human beings and I'm so fortunate to be part of that community and also for this to be my, quote, job. Uh, It's very, very fortunate to spend my life working, I'm doing the air quote, inverted commas when I say that, um, in something that I very much enjoy. And for someone that's wired like me, and that's a whole different conversation, um, the, the advice to someone who's wide like me, I was given this by a very, very wonderful teacher, is to find what you love and pursue it with all your heart. And I've found what I love and I am trying to pursue it with all my heart and I'm so fortunate to be able to do that every day.
0: It is. And it's such beautiful work that you do. And, uh, yeah. Thank definitely, you. Uh, it's, it's definitely great. And it's definitely great to have the opportunity to connect with you in this mm. way. Is there anything you wanted to add to this conversation?
1: No, I think that's, that's enough to, to introduce your readers to, to Stretch Therapy. I, I would say, and I don't know if what you put out in any notes when you post these podcasts, Renee, but um, if, you, if people want to learn more, um, they can go to our website, which is stretchtherapy.net, It's a newish website, we're still bedding down some aspects of it. Uh, But it has not but it has a large number of articles, audio recordings of the relaxations, podcasts like this one, uh, and hundreds and hundreds of articles. And it's all in the one place now. And we also have what we call the stretch therapy community forums, which is on a different domain, but you can link to it from that main website. And there is stupendous amount of information about stretch therapy Um, lots and lots of contributions from many many hundreds and hundreds of people that have been involved with us Um, so if people are interested in in finding out more i highly recommend they go to that website stretchtherapy.net
0: yes and i'll definitely link to that in the show notes too and uh, to your youtube channel
1: Um, yes uh, yeah Lot, there's yeah, lots and lots part and lots of, of free material there available for anyone. And also, if please anyone that comes across anything that they like and knows someone that could benefit from it, benefit from it, please pass it along to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, do you have any recommendations of uh, other trainers, teachers that I uh, should speak to next on on the Ye Yoga podcast?
1: Other trainers? Well, have you, yeah. have, you, have you done a podcast with Emmett?
0: No, I'd love to.
1: Oh. We'll definitely do one. He's <laughs> actually just, just, just two days ago, he's launched his own podcast. So maybe he'll have you on there. Um, so Emmett's a good one. Hmm. There's, there's a number of people, a few of them are linked to on our website, in our links area. Um, any of the stretch therapy teachers that are listed on our teachers page, a lot of them are very experienced. Um, and if anyone's interested in handstand work uh, one of our very close friends is a gentleman called Yuri Marmestein based out of the US he's also spectacularly flexible as well as strong and he developed his flexibility from from 16 onwards as well as all of his handstand expertise he's a fantastic guy he's got his own flexibility techniques so perhaps you want to catch up with him
0: yeah good one yeah i follow yuri's work too and uh it's amazing what he can what he can do yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah good ones thank you so much thank you for your time and and sharing your words of wisdom um Yeah, I'll make sure that people know where to to find you. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about me or my guests, you can visit my website, YeYoga.nl. You can also connect with me on Instagram at ReneeLeo. That's R-E-N-E-E-L-E-E-U-W. And make sure you subscribe to this channel wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss another episode again. Thanks for listening and until next time.